Welcome to Coast to Coast, an NBA podcast by the fans, for the fans. My name is Chris, and hosting with me is my guy, Ronan. Tune in every week as we dive into the hottest content and emerging rumors across the league. Dodgers pulls up, three-pointer, bang, bang, it's good, Dodgers wins the game at the buzzer. Don't miss a beat, whether it's a star on the move or the Knicks acquiring another forward, we got you covered. Zion for four for four! The game is constantly evolving, and whether it's by the eye test or advanced stats, we'll give you the analysis you need to take your fandom to the next level. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Sit back and relax. Coast to Coast starts now. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast here. I got my buddy Ronan. What's going on? Are you excited? We've been waiting for this moment. For months now, it's finally here. Oh man, I, I've been waiting so long for this. <laughs> I've been waiting so long for this trade to happen. I mean, I think I, I think since basically since the rumors about Russ wanting a trade started, I've been thinking, right, when are we going to see this blockbuster trade for James Harden? James Harden doesn't really have it. How? <laughs> how is this team? How is this team real? I don't. It's it's this is it's this is just crazy it's crazy <laughs> the, the league is exploding we got a, the Woj bomb maybe an hour ago and it's so hard to keep up with everything but let's just lay it out here so Brooklyn ends up being the team that wins the James Harden sweepstakes and we'll talk about real quick in a minute the team that did not win that had a very good chance of winning the sweepstakes but Brooklyn sends three unprotected first round picks 2022 2024 and 2026 and four swaps. So this is not eight first round picks, but they do send pick swaps in 2021, 2023, 2025, 2027, including players, Karuks, Karis LeVert to Houston. Karis LeVert, who then gets swapped to the Pacers by Houston for Victor Oladipo. Now the Cavs were the other team in this mix. They end up acquiring Jared Allen and Torian Prince, and they send that first round 2022 pick that gets sent over to Houston. If we're still tracking here. And then Houston receives from the Cavs that pick and Dante Exum as well. So at the end of the day, Victor Oladipo is sitting there in Houston. Karis LeVert is now there in pace in uh, Indiana and Brooklyn has their three headed dragon now completed with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant and James Harden. And the league is just ablaze. No one knows how to react, and I'm not sure how to react. And what what were you what were you doing? What were you doing the moment that James Harden became a net? I was just I sit there and I'm, I I look, I look at my phone. I get the notification. Wodge is Wodge uh, breaking news, and I see I see James Harden's name, and I'm just kind of like, oh, it's just going to be like uh, they're just talks with some team or other. Then I see he's been traded to the Brooklyn Nets, and I didn't know if I wanted to laugh, cry. I didn't know what the hell. I didn't know how I wanted to react. But I've been waiting for this. It's the type of blockbuster move that I wanted. And what's come out of it, not just the what Brooklyn are getting out of this, but now the setup for guys like Jared Allen in Cleveland, Karis LeVert in Indiana, and Oladipo heading to Houston. I'm I'm really really happy with what this trade has brought for 
for you, some of these young players and some of the more experienced ones in, in, in Oladipo? So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about these young guys. I'm thinking about a lot of players this has affected. This has not only shaped the landscape of the NBA, but it shaped the careers of some young guys and some stars and Oladipo and, and the players that they'll be with. And ultimately, um, some of these franchises now, you see the Rockets had acquired their new head coach and Silas. They had acquired John Wall and Marcus Cousins, hoping to re-up here for another run at a title. And the inevitable came. James Harden wanted out. This wasn't because of his comments last night about them not being good enough, which obviously was controversial enough. But this was this was coming regardless. And to make this move this early in the season, I didn't expect. But to get the haul that they did, like this is the best possible scenario, I think, for the Rockets. And I guess I just want to start by by talking about um, where they go from here now, uh, because it's very interesting to me, the team that you have, because you said it, Victor Oladipo, he's a star. He's, he's a good player and he's coming back off of injuries. He's still getting better, still getting to the flow of things. But now he goes from a Pacers team, a the complete opposite of the Rockets. No egos competing every night, looking like a well-oiled machine to a Rockets team that is clearly moving towards a rebuild. You got to wonder what they do with talents like Oladipo, talents like Christian Wood, who's having a career year. Um, they look to me like the Rockets aren't done. They got two more guys that they can move here. Victor Oladipo obviously can't be moved for some time, but this isn't the last that we've seen of uh, their management doing things to get their rebuild on the go. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's the moves that they made have been clever. Like you're looking back to the offseason when they brought in Wall and Cousins. These weren't guys you were bringing in that was showing the, the, the league that you're committing to a complete rebuild. These are this kind of guys that they kind of could go either way. They're both talented guys who have had great years in this career, but they both suffered from injuries. So you don't fully know what you're going to get out of them, but they both could come in and be their former selves and they could really bump this Rockets team up. And now they've accepted, they knew they were going to have to get rid of Harden because as we have seen, even you see the comments coming out of Wall and Cousins about, about last night, basically saying that the, the Rockets has just been horrible to be a part of so far because of everything that's been going on with James Harden. So I think they're both going to be happier now. And they've got another guy now in, in Oladipo. He can come in. And those those three and, and Wood as well, like the Rockets starting team now is, is a really talented one. I mean, you got Wall, you got Oladipo, PJ Tucker, Wood and Cousins, or you could have Gordon in there either as part of the, uh, as part of the starting team. And I'm thinking they have a lot of pieces they can move. They've got picks that they can move on to fully get this, this rebuild in motion. But they also have a team here that's still kind of capable of, of battling and, and putting together. You think they're going to make it to the playoffs? I see, I see this a complete, complete different way. I, I, I'm not – for me, it's kind of awkward because, like, I think that you, you've seen how much they've struggled – You've seen a lot of it had to do with their chemistry, yes. And John Wall is correct. Like, when you have a guy that's trying to get out, it's not going to go smoothly. You're not going to have that chemistry on the floor or in the locker room that's necessary to compete. But I feel like they're, like, on the cusp of being 
a fringe playoff team, maybe with the talent level, we'll, we'll talk about the chemistry uh, a few months from now, but for a team that just got all these draft picks, a team that's trying to honestly flip everything on their head, it's kind of a weird position. You'd think that they're going to try and get as much as they can in terms of draft capital, somewhat in a OKC way of getting as many picks as they can out of these guys that they have now. Um, I don't know. They, they could, they could definitely win some games here and there, but I, I think that you're not going to see the last of, of heart of, uh, Houston making moves and trading off guys for as many draft picks as they can get. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. I just think that if they can't work deals this season that they want, I think they're still in, in a good position because I don't think they'll they won't be desperate to to make moves. They'll they'll make they'll make the the right moves similar to what they did with Harden. They waited until they got the best deal that they possibly could, and then they took it. So smart moves all around from, from Houston, in my opinion. And also kind of kind of glad that they didn't make the deal with uh, with Philly, because I'm liking the look of Philly and I'm glad that they, they haven't been split up now. I don't know. It's it's tough for me. For for Philly, you gotta think this is another moment where they're close but no cigar. They're trying to make those moves. They're clearly serious about trading for Harden, because you're not serious about trading for Harden if you're putting Ben Simmons in that mix. What was weird for me is that they were willing to put Ben Simmons on the line, but weren't willing to put Tyrese Maxey on the line. Who I get it. I get it. He had he had those crazy games where he's playing 40 plus minutes, scoring over 40 points. And sure, it's all cool. It's all coming from a rookie. He's a rookie of the year candidate. But dude, it's James Harden. It's the guy that's gonna, alongside Joel Embiid, have you compete for a championship. It's crazy to me that they could have been very close to making a deal work here and they had all the pieces to make it. And I think they had a better package to put together than the Nets, but they failed to do so. And I wonder how much of that had to do with them balking at adding Tyrese Maxey there at adding Matisse Thibel there, like guys who newsflash are not James Harden, Ben Simmons and any of those guys do not add up to James Harden. And it's, it's going to really, 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 haunt them as they watch the Nets walk into the finals this year as they destroy the East. There's just no, they've not only lost the chance of winning Harden, they've lost a chance to make it to the finals because unless something goes terribly wrong, we can talk about how the Nets are going to look like the Nets are odds all favorite to make it to the finals. No questions. Yeah, no, that, that, that is true. I think another way you're looking at it as well is the fact that How's Ben Simmons going to feel knowing that they mm-hmm. have absolutely no problem in trading him? <laughs> is he going to be like, what, is he going to be fully committed now and thinking, okay, so I'm not your guy. Why the hell should I be giving my, my, uh, my 110% out in the court? So that's, uh, that's, that could be another problem down the road for Philly, which would be, uh, which would just be typical of Philly that, that this is how it all comes out. It all just, they don't get hard and then it, goes to shit for them that'll, that'll be pretty standard philadelphia <laughs> no honestly it's, it's a it's a lose-lose here because you don't get hardened obviously and then you don't you you really hurt your your chemistry because you're gonna say business is business and business is business goes as far as dealing with the rumors out there but this isn't a rumor like he was put out there for james harden and as a player to a degree you understand that but you also jeopardize the chemistry that has been questioned for years now, for years. And they 
they didn't have enough conviction in them to trade Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey, if that ends up being the, the thing that kept them from getting James Harden, that's unforgivable. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it, it, it would, if that it does come out of that being the reason, it, it would be a little bit crazy. Unless Tyrese Maxey becomes <laughs> becomes the next James Harden, yeah, who knows? Then maybe he'll be maybe okay. He's gonna, he's gonna make us all look like idiots. This is gonna be the take but, to go back and delete, but <laughs> I, I I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah, but as as Zach Lowe uh, Zach Lowe tweeted out, Ky, uh, Kyrie for Russell Westbrook now, and uh, we get we get the OKC team back <laughs> together. You know, <laughs> I but, mean. He tried it. He tried it last year with Russ, and then he, that didn't work. And then he goes, "Okay, I want to try it. I want to. I want to be reunited with uh, Kevin Durant now. So let's see if this works." And Kevin Kevin Durant now has gone from his trio with Russell Westbrook to his trio slash quad with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and those unbeatable Warriors. And now has a situation here where he's playing alongside. One of the greatest point guards in the game, Kyrie Irving, and the best shooting guard in the game, James Harden. And I mean, I want to talk now about what this team is going to look like. Easy first take, first reaction is there. There's no way that I think any any team's going to stop them in the East from making it to the finals. Or is there? I, I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't thought too long and hard about it to think about some some weird scenario where it doesn't work out. But but what what's stopping them? If anything, it's the question of Kyrie. That maybe you look at that. I mean, this could very well end up being just KD and James Harden, and Which would be not crazy. so much Kyrie. I mean, this guy. I love Kyrie Irving. Like I'm such a big Kyrie Irving fan, but. The end of the day, right? This very moment, he's putting stuff like politics, charity, personal reasons ahead of playing basketball. I mean, you ask the question: Is he worth the drama? I say yes because I do think he's that good of a player, and I think he's more than worth the drama. But in this very moment, he's being disrespectful to Brooklyn. He's being disrespectful to the game of basketball, and he's. He's making a big deal about putting other things ahead of basketball right now. Without God, obviously, he hasn't made any comments himself. But everything that he could want to do, he can do while he's playing basketball. And with him out in the court, that gives him the best kind of standing, I guess, to make a difference in this world. That's what he is trying to do in this very moment. Yeah, Kyrie Irving is like the weird thread in this whole story of him disappearing and different theory every everyone has a theory and nobody knows exactly what it's for and if, if Kyrie Irving wants to talk about politics which I mean th- this this podcast is is for basketball we're talking about basketball here but it's funny on a night where um Donald Trump gets impeached we're here talking about James Harden going to the Nets but I mean what what's more controversial uh, the um this trade ruining the NBA or or Donald Trump getting impeached. I, I don't know. You, you take your pick. But <laughs> I, I mean, Kyrie Irving has his values. He has his ideas. And I respect him. Every, everyone. I don't think there are a lot of people that are going to disrespect his ideas. But it's it's true. I, the, the charade continues. It's never stopped. 
since he left Cleveland. And they're going to need him in order to make this work. Anyone talking about Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant aren't going to figure it out. I mean, these guys played USA basketball together. James Harden and Kevin Durant shared the same court together. Kyrie Irving and Durant looked fantastic together. I mean, the stars know how to play with each other. Like, we, we need to get rid of this notion that that amazing players can't play well together. Like, it's just been disproven time and time and time again. So he needs to get back on the court for the Nets. I mean, I, I've seen some reports about him being willing to sit out the year, but I no one knows why. And that's the biggest question mark. And I guess that's really to answer my own question. I, I mean, I guess Kyrie Irving is really the only factor here in terms of them not competing in the finals and not being the favorite to win the finals right now. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, rumors are going to start spreading with Kyrie being absent without, without any reason. I mean, you're starting to hear now Kyrie is furious over the fact that Nash was made head coach. Apparently he wanted to have more of an input on who the next head coach was going to be. Apparently he's got a very distant relationship with Kevin Durant. I mean, yeah, you can keep that distant relationship because it wasn't, it wasn't affecting them on the court. So end of the day, Kyrie, just do what you want to do in your personal life, but do it all while you're playing ball. Yeah. So I guess what I want to talk about in this light is, how they're going to fit on the court together. Because anyone who's going to naysay, I want to remind them of the roles that James Harden has played over the years. He's played as the sixth man of the year. He's played plenty of off-ball. He was amazing in OKC as an off-ball cutter, as an off-ball shooter, and playmaking as the main piece off the bench. And he translated that into being the league's premier offensive star not just playing as a shooting guard, but he played basically point for the past few years. And he's done everything that's been asked of him, R regardless of whatever fiascos you want to talk about. James Harden has done absolutely everything the Rockets organization has asked him to do on the basketball court. And he's done it without major injuries. He's survived all of that. So, I mean, this guy can play in any system. Kevin Durant being that small ball five, and Kyrie Irving being that second playmaker alongside of him. I mean, the reason that microball experiment in, in Houston didn't work is because they're doing it with guys like Daniel House. They're doing it with guys like Jeff Green. They're doing it with guys like Robert Covington. If you want to do some small ball and you want to do it with Kevin Durant and you want to do it with two top five shooters and Landry Shamit, Joe Harris, and then you got Kyrie Irving there, that's going to be easily the best offense that we've ever seen in the NBA ever like the, the, the amount of spacing the amount of creation that you can put out there it's it's unstoppable yeah and especially you just have to look at the three stars you look at Harden Kyrie and Durant they each one of them can score in every possible way you could possibly imagine how the hell is the team going to be able to defend that? And then you got to the top range outside shooters as well. So if a team finds a way to be able to stop these guys, you just kick it out to one of them. All three are great passers, great facilitators, as well as being elite scorers and just all-out stars. So looking at this on paper, 
I don't see how it can possibly fail if all three of these guys are healthy and playing on the court. It's they're just you don't question too it. good. You don't question it. I mean, and even even just add the the icing on the cake. This is just the icing. This is the same even the icing. This is, this is the fruit on top of the icing. This is sprinkles on the icing. You even have a deep bench. You're not just relying on these three guys. If reports have, uh, have been coming out that, I mean, Dinwiddie, I mean, his injury is going to keep him out most of the regular season, but it's very, very possible that he can come back in the playoffs. If you have Dinwiddie in the playoffs, you have guys like Tyler Johnson, um, Timothy Luau Cabarro, um, you have Jeff Green. I mean, you have guys who can produce easily off the bench, and they're there you have to turn to now the Lakers who are the odds on favorite and has been the juggernaut of the league. They've had the number one, uh, they're number one right now in the point differential. They're just blazing through their schedule right now. And they're looking now over to the East and thinking, shit, you got to think that LeBron is thinking seriously about the construction of their team. Cause this just changes the entire calculus of every single front office in the league and that's what moves like this do that's what stars do when you get a collection of stars like this when you have the warriors dynasty you get every bad team tanking you get every good team doing everything they can to get worse you have every great team doing everything they can to become the second best if you're not second best if you're not third best what's the point so it's it's interesting to me that we've come to this this point over the past couple of years now where we've had fantastic equity in the league you have all these duos across the league you have plenty of good arguments to make for contenders but now it's come down to two we've come back to this moment again where we're staring two teams in the face and realizing there's no one else who matches up so yeah there's nothing to say about it like it's it sucks to be honest it sucks i hate it yeah. Yeah, no, the definitely. And I think you would be really it'd be really interesting to know to be a fly on the wall at the next team meeting of Philly and Boston. Mm-hmm. It's just it's you'd love to know how how they're reacting to this deal. Can they really still believe that they can go away and beat this? this Brooklyn Nets team as, as it is set up. Of course, they're professional athletes. You hope that they can find that belief. But at the same time, they're all kind of banking on Kyrie staying his weird self and not coming back. That's that's the only thing they can bet on, right? And I'm, I'm wondering how how these these teams are going to figure it out. Like, like you said, like the Celtics, like the Pacers, like the 76ers, because the Nets were in the middle of a, a skid, which was which was uh, expected when you don't have Kevin Durant healthy, and then when you have Kyrie Irving out, and then they they played excellently without Kyrie. Karis LeVert looks great. The, the depth on that team looks great. They showed everything that you'd expect from a team that is not just great with their stars, but great without their stars. So then, again, adding Harden to that mix. Un- unbelievable. But you think that teams like that aren't going to realistically think that they have a chance. I, I wonder, we wanted to talk about the Pacers, who we, we think right now are, are kind of looking 
like outside shots of being contenders, but anyone who's an outside shot now are just outside. They're outside looking in. I, I wonder if we'll see a return to tanking here, which the lottery system has fixed to a degree, but if there's just absolutely no shot, why, why not shoot for the highest percentage at, at a higher draft pick at this point? Like there, there's no point to it. I think, yeah, for especially now in the Eastern Conference, I mean, you're looking at the Knicks, the Bulls, the Cavs, Detroit, Washington. I think they should all just think really strongly consider going for going for a tank this year. I think it's it's all it's a it's a sad thing to talk about so early in the season as well, but I just think that it's looking now that it, it could be the best option. And I guess I want to cover another team here that was involved in the trade, Cleveland Cavaliers, who have been impressive to start and came back to, down to earth. Now they're five and I believe they're five and seven now. They are the number one defense in the league and they're doing it consistently. And I guess they seem like they're pretty confident in the core that they got right now as they trade their 2022 first round pick for what Jared Allen and Torian Prince. I'm just still scratching my head on that pick. I, I, I don't understand why they would give that up for Jared Allen, who's I think isn't going to get much better than this and Torian Prince who's peaked last year. I, I, I like, I like the move. I, I think a first round pick for Jared Allen is a, is a good deal because I believe this is <laughs> what he's, he's still only 22. He's still only 22. Yeah. yeah. And he can, he can be a really secure, solid center. He's never going to be a superstar. Don't get me wrong. He's never going to lead this team to greatness or anything like that. But if they can find maybe one other piece, and obviously, you know, I, I still have faith in in in, in Garland and Sexton. Where you're, you're a big Sexton guy. I know, yeah. I know who you are. Yeah. So I like the move because I think that Jared Allen is a really talented player. No superstar. Don't get me wrong. I don't even know. He's probably going to be coming off the bench now with Drummond as well. But Maybe that even puts him in a position to try and look around the market for something for Andre Drummond, which could could help this team and commit to Jared Allen being their their main big now. I think I, I really like the move from the Cavs. And I think if they're intelligent with the moves they make from here, I think we'll look back on this in maybe a year or two and think this was a really underrated part of this blockbuster deal. I, I think that they've they've done a fantastic job at solidifying their mediocrity for the next next five years if they don't hit up next on uh, next year's draft. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me as a team right now that they don't have anyone to bet on. And I mean, you tell me, you you know the feeling over there in New York. You don't have anyone to bet. I mean, you have RJ. I mean, you're betting on RJ, so maybe maybe there's your argument there. But in Cleveland. Unless you're betting on Sexton, who's really been the only guy who's shown up out of their uh, recent picks, if you don't have a guy that you're betting on, you don't give up first-round picks, especially in the East, especially for a team that is definitely going to be in the lottery. 
it, it's a, their their 500 start has been cute, but being 500 in the first in the first 10 games of the season in a weird season isn't something to get so excited about that you trade your 2022 first round pick. And let's not forget that's going to be a, a year where you have a pretty good chance of drafting not just college players, but in high school as well. So you have an expanded pool of talent to be drafting from. It's just in, it's just insane to me that they that they I think they believe in their core this much. I don't think that this is this is the core that you want moving forward. I don't know. I'd also argue though with the look that uh, that the Cavs have, no matter as long as they finish in the bottom five, they I I'd still uh, I'd still be confident enough of them probably ended up with a a top two top three pick. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing. So I guess I guess in their mind, I'll, I'll I'll play devil's advocate on myself here. But you have one more year to get another pick, and you hope that that Darius Garland is is better than what he is right now, and he's he's had his struck his struggles on both ends. Now I, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. I can't play devil's advocate. <laughs> this this the way this team is constructed right now. It's it's absurd to me that they gave up draft capital for Torian Prince. And Jared Allen. I mean, I love me some Jared Allen. I love the fro. And you, you said you, you might see them move Drummond. Who's who's going to take Drummond on a Supermax deal right now? They're going to have to trade picks to get rid of him. There's no way. So you just you just traded a first-round pick for Jared Allen, who is either going to come off the bench or you're going to have to sit your star, but borderline star at this point, Andre Drummond. Like It's, it's created more question marks than any promise in the trade that they just made i i i hate it for the Cavs, to be honest okay i'll let you i'll let you take the win on the on this (laughs) argument but let's let's come back to this maybe uh after 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 the draft lottery uh this year maybe maybe they'll be in a position fair enough um, for for the Pacers now, I, I think Karis LeVert deserves a little bit of attention on this uh, in this story here. Karis LeVert looking like he started to catch that magic that he had in the bubble with Kyrie Irving's absence, Kevin Durant's absence. He, he's the kind of guy who needs his shots. He's the kind of guy who has to get going. He needs his shots to get going. And I was starting to question his role on the Nets because he's not going to get enough touches to make it work out. So going over to the Pacers, I think he has a legitimate shot to really continue what he started last year. I think this is a great move for him. I think this is a great move for the Pacers. Not that, not, not in terms of, of strategically, because I think Victor Oladipo undeniably is a better defensive player and on the offensive end, I think they're pretty comparable in terms of efficiency right now, but it fits their timeline. And I think the Pacers are thinking a little bit more long-term with the emergence of Sabonis as potentially an all-NBA player with Miles Turner, who, by the way, is right now leading the league in blocks, block, block rate, and the only player to have a block rate of four blocks per game or higher is Dikembe Mutombo. He's putting up Dikembe Mutombo performances every night. So it's clear they believe in their core. And it's clear that maybe once they realize that this move was happening, that, you know, they got to get as much value as they can out of their star, Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I think they knew that they, it was, 
either not the right move for them to re-sign Oladipo, or maybe they knew Oladipo wasn't that keen on re-signing in Indiana. And they see Karis LeBert, and they know this is a super talented player, and this is the, the move, this is the part of the deal that really excites me, because I'm really looking forward to seeing Karis LeBert as a starter, as a guy who's running an offense on the regular in a team that are looking much improved on last year. Carlsbert, uh, he's got all the potential in the world and he's shown to be more than that in, in the bubble and in a, in a few spots early in this season. So it could work out as a really genius move from the Indiana Pacers, uh, bringing in Karis LeBert at this moment. Yeah, I, I like it for the long term. And we'll see how they continue to perform as the year goes on. They've proved that they're not just this, this hardworking team that makes it to the middle of the pack. They've proved that they have serious talent on this team. They've proved that they can compete with the best. And the last test for them comes down to the playoffs. But I guess going back to this trade, going back to the bigger picture, um, we think about this trio we have now on the Brooklyn Nets. I, I keep thinking about it. James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. And I can't think of a more, at least offensively talented trio ever in the NBA. We, we can, you can talk about career sec, success and um, in, in terms of the individual players that have made up trios, but just running, running some names here. You have guys like LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, Kevin Garnett, Allen, Pierce, Wilt, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, Bird, Mikhail Parrish, uh, Russell, Kuzi, and Havlicek, Jordan Pippen, and and Robin, which which obviously you're gonna you're gonna pick Jordan nine times out of ten, or ten times out of ten, depending on who you are. But this trio, who hasn't even seen the court yet together, already has the makings of one of the best trios that has ever seen an NBA court. If they can figure it out, that this, this trio really can cement their history, not only as individual players, but for a team in the Brooklyn Nets that have not etched their legacy in the NBA yet. Oh, man, if Brooklyn messed this up, if this, this proves to be another Garnett Pierce situation like um no Brooklyn are done Brooklyn can you just give up if they, if they've messed this up again they've but they put it all on the line they have they've done it for a second time we all know how bad it worked out the first time let's hope it's second time looking for them but at the end of the day we don't even know if we're going to see this trio on the court together of course we hope that we do so we can't we can't lump them in with all the, the great trios that we've seen down the years just yet. But, of course, we always say great players know how to play with each other. So you have to think that Brooklyn have been planning for this for a while to have these trio of stars, and they're going to know how they want to set up to make sure that each of these players gets their shots, gets enough time on the court, enough time handling the ball, to just have it work like it appears that it's going to work on paper, just going to be unbelievable offensive output. 
Yeah, our all eyes are going to be on the Brooklyn Nets this year from every single game, from every single pregame sage session, from every single pregame meal that James Harden may have, from every single postgame conference. Every loss is going to be looked at and scrutinized. So I'm interested to see not only how they fit on the court, as much as I believe that it's going to it's going to be poetry in motion. It's going, it's going to be one of the more amazing performances that we see over the course of a year. But it's it's funny that that you mentioned that because that's that's how we wrap it up, I think, is this could be the best trio in NBA basketball if they figure it out. And the only thing standing in their way is those two guys. Can Kyrie, can Harden, can they coexist off the court? Can these things figure themselves out? And this is going to be a story that we follow throughout the year and that either we celebrate for years to come or Nets fans will be lamenting for decades because this is going to make or break the, the Nets legacy. They've, they've already mortgaged their future once. This is the second time. But this isn't old Paul Pierce and old Kevin Garnett. This is former MVP and MVP candidate every year, James Harden, joining Kevin Durant, two of the best and best offensive players of all time. And we'll see how it works out. I'm very excited. We'll break it down week by week. I have no doubt Kyrie Irving is going to show, show up on the headlines again, but um, we had to table our talk. We, we had some interesting things to talk about, but I, I think that's all I got right now for, uh, for this trade here. You got anything else? No, I think I'm just saying Kyrie, please come back. Please let us just see this trio We've got the trio there on paper. We want to see it now. Cop on, come back and play basketball. Do what you do best and ball out on the court. And yeah, as much as it pains me to say it, Brooklyn, you've taken your chance now. And if you can make this work, I'm scared, but you should be very excited. Absolutely. Well, all right, guys, thank you for joining us on this episode of Coast to Coast. Join us again later on this week. We're going to get back to our uh, regular schedule of covering some surprising teams that we've seen. We're going to be featuring the Atlanta Hawks and the Phoenix Suns and other news that we've been uh, seeing across the league. And we'll see you in a couple of days. Take care, guys. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Coast to Coast. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.